Hello everyone and welcome back to Garibaldi Reds, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. I'm Max Hayes, your host, and as Forest had to travel to Brentford and see the Ivan Tony Light show, the Reds narrowly lose 3-2 at the GTEC Community Stadium. Nuno's second defeat since taking charge. To discuss the Reds' performance, the controversy surrounding uh, Tony and much more, I'm joined by Forest correspondent as ever, Sarah Clapson. Sarah, hello, how are you? Warmed up since the Blackpool game? Only just, I think, just about thawed out, but otherwise doing all right, thank you. Yes, and someone else that was at the Blackpool game, we were all there in the freezing cold weather. It was Robbie Earnshaw, former Red striker, and returning to the podcast second time, Robbie. So great to see you. Have you warmed up since that uh, since that cold night? Nope, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freezing still. Uh, what, a, what a cold night. So, so cold. But um, I felt I felt for all the supporters that were there just traveling and like, you know, just staying there extra time and uh, getting through it. So well done to everyone. But I'm, listen, I'm freezing. I hate the cold. So <laughs> don't want to be in it. Do you know what, Robbie? You look really cold compared to Ian Holloway, who you were doing the ITV coverage with. And Ian Holloway had this big kind of furred coat, didn't he? Oh, yeah. So uh, it, it was absolutely here. Yeah, first, first real time that I got to actually sit with him. And um, for because we're there a few hours before the game, so I actually got to sit with him and just chat and just talk. And uh, he's telling us about he was actually telling us about that woolly thing that he had on. So it, it looked as if it was part of his coat, but he could actually take it off. So in the uh, in the back, he was taking it off, and he's like, "Look at this! Yeah, I got this from a charity shop." And <laughs> he's he, he's absolutely brilliant. He's so so good. He's, he's telling me about how he um, him and his wife got that from the from the charity shop it's great it fits on anything um but what, what a what a good good guy it was just nice to just have him just talk and tell his stories but um good good stuff though just before we kind of touch on the Brentford game what did you actually make of the Blackpool game Robbie um Nuno made a lot of changes there was a lot of academy players that that, that came on and Forrest eventually got the job uh done but but Blackpool made it very difficult didn't they yeah do you know what it, it was one of those and I said it on the night that it was a night that you because i'm looking at it from okay you got a new manager he's been in a few weeks what's happening at the club you know what what's going on so i said it that he's actually going to be looking at his players and and think okay let me see who is part of this group see who's going to perform it's a cold night it's blackpool it's blackpool away replay fa cup midweek we've got another game who's the one who's gonna be actually ready for this game and want to win this game for this for this football club uh, as part of the journey going forward so it was it was almost like uh you know you you have those uh those you know when you're in school you have those end of year uh tests and and exams it was it was that kind of feeling where it was like he's going to be looking at his players and think okay who can perform who can take us forward who's going to deliver who's going to be ready for to 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 uh, you know go and win this game where in a game that you should win so i think it was a game that um it was actually very very good and because of that i, I thought forest started excellently just in terms of um because i was looking at how they're gonna like actually have their attitude is gonna be ready are they gonna be thinking about the cold are they gonna be worried that uh, you know a little bit nervous about the game but they came out flying pressing uh real good pressure and you can see 
the things that you know Nuno is especially is trying to work on. They're all working in sync. Um, they got the goal. Um, you know, set pieces. You you see, you know, they're obviously working at those and obviously delivering as well. So I was happy with how they were and how they were in that first half. And I thought it was a very, very good game. Overall, I thought I thought it was an interesting game. Good, you know, I thought Forest were actually very good throughout. A little bit of pressure in the second half. They could have folded a bit, but I, th- I think overall it was a very good game. Yeah, it was. And Forest progressed to the FA Cup fourth round now, face Bristol City on Friday night. Another long trip for you, Sarah. Um, I won't be there, but I was there at Brentford on Saturday. It was cold, but it probably wasn't as cold as Blackpool. Um, what did you make of the Brentford game? From the press box, Forest lose three two, and it just just to know it from 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 the start with the whole the whole t- kind of Tony narrative and and everything like that, and the media speculation around it, it just didn't seem that it was going to be Forest Day, really, did it? It, it kind of felt like he was always going to score. Um, there, I mean, there was such a big build up, wasn't there? It was just, I guess, it was inevitable, really, that he was going to do something. Um, yeah. What he did was a little bit controversial in the end, but I. I Really thought Forrest deserved something from it. I thought they were unlucky um, not to, really. They, there was a lot of positives to take, some really good individual performances, I thought. Seeing Danilo back to his best w- was really encouraging. He's had a bit of a slow start to the season, but two and two now in terms of goals and another really good performance. Hopefully that's the kickstart that he needs because he can be so influential Um Chris Wood getting another goal, a really good positive. He's become really key to how Forrest play. And I think a, a while ago, it looked like a one-year being out meant that Forrest urgently needed to get a striker in this month. But Nuno's got the best out of Chris Wood. And that's kind of eased that sense of urgency a little bit. And when Tywo does come back, I'm not sure he'll walk straight into the eleven if, if Chris Wood keeps up this kind of form. Because he's been doing really well, really important again, works so hard. Even if he doesn't get many chances, he just keeps going and he keeps putting the pressure on defenders and trying to to get in the right positions. So I thought that was really encouraging. Um, Nicholas Dominguez, I thought, did really well again, um, as he did at Blackpool. I thought he was excellent. Um, and Oral Mangala as well. I know there's obviously a lot of speculation about him and uh, it still remains to be seen what happens to him this month. But I thought he was really good um, on Saturday. Probably should have scored, but... Other than that, I, I thought he um, he had a really good game. Defensively was the area that, that needed a bit of work. Um, and I guess it was a little bit of a risk to go with two really young, fairly inexperienced centre-backs in, in Murillo and Omobamidele. It was a big call. It gave that sense of continuity from Blackpool, but there was a le- an element of risk about it. Um, I think maybe the inexperience told a little bit at times. Forrest could have done with... A, a leader at the back and um, maybe that's what you you would want from Gonzalo Montiel or, or Nuno Tavares as well being that little bit more experienced Montiel particularly um having more experience but just defensively I thought there was a little bit of fragility at times yeah six goals in six games for mm. Chris Ward and an assist as well you're right it seems like he's really really picking up form and, and probably maybe playing to his strengths uh, with the new manager of course Nuno um Robbie what did you make of it, um, kind of watching it? Uh, I mean, Forrest scored two goals away from home and I'm sure you can probably add more light on this, but the players must have been really gutted coming away from London and, and with with absolutely nothing, not even a point, especially given scoring two goals away. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And when you do score two goals, and and it's not been always happening for Forest exactly that that two, scoring a couple of goals away from home. But do you know what? I I thought overall it was a positive performance because what I'm trying to see now is you have got a new manager and what is your performance like? Because I always look at the performance, the performance and what they're trying to do will give you results. And it was one of those that they could have actually pretty, they could have won the game, but it wasn't to be. And the fact that they were that, it was that, you know, almost that toss of a coin kind of game where it could go either way. I think later on they'll benefit because I, I like what they're trying to do because they're aggressive, they're, they're scoring goals, especially from the beginning. I mean, to score such an early goal, it means you're pressing the, pressing the opposition. You're doing very well in that sense. And I, I love that uh, Danilo got another goal as well because he is in those positions and he's there to finish. And I, I like that. And uh, you know, like we said, with Wood as well, Wood has been on fire. Wood has almost had this release and... And what I like about Forrest as well is the reason Wood is scoring is because there is service. There is good chances created for him. And that's the that's the key. And what I think was a little bit missing earlier in the season was those things. Because I was looking at Forrest earlier in the season and thinking they're very much, they attack one end, then they have to run all the way back. You can't, it's very, very difficult to do that for a season in the Premier League. You're going to lose so many points. So there has to be some kind of control when you go up the pitch. And you, at, listen, at the end of the day, you've got to create chances for your strikers. And that's what I like that they're doing for Wood. They're creating chances for him, good ones. And as a striker, I've been in those positions. You love the tap-ins. The reason you love the tap-ins is because those crosses are coming in, because you've got control in the game that you can put those balls in for your strikers and they're tapping those balls in. And... That's that. I think that's a big, big difference. But listen, I, I thought the the Brentford game was very, very difficult to go into because you know everybody's talking about Tony and his comeback, and it's at Brentford. Brentford is 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 a a, a a tricky place to go anyway, but it's a good place to go. And Forrest came in and said, "Okay, let's let's play and let's let's try what we're doing." But um, there is progress. That's the key thing. There is progress. That's what I'm trying to get at. There is progress in what I'm seeing from this Forest team. They, the key thing is they're also working together. They, they're very when they pressure up high, they're going up high together. I think earlier in the season they were very much big distances, and you could play one or two passes through, and then all of a sudden the team is at the other end. And I'm seeing slightly less of that, and the attitude is great because. In the in the in the Blackpool game Wednesday night, in the second half, 80, 86 minute or whatever, um, three or four players sprinting end to end to get back to get a block in, and then in in this game as well, the same thing. They they're ready to sprint all the way back, and you know, really really good. And yeah, I, I, what I like is you know Wood is done very very good. Danilo is playing very, very well, getting goals. That's as a midfield player, you want that. Yates, I thought uh, his energy, I think he gives so much to his teammates. And, um, you know, and even when there's been a few changes, it's still very similar. And, and I think that's the key because you're going to have injuries. When it's still very similar application, you've got a big chance. As a fan and watching in the in the stadium, kind of the whole... Tony narrative and this and this narrative that 
that he's come back and, and of course he was out for eight months with the with the betting charges. Were you shocked seeing kind of the media big him up as much as he did? Because ultimately he did break break the law in in, in football as a player. I'm I'm one of those that um, you know this this cancel culture uh, it, it doesn't work with everything because I think listen he's obviously done wrong uh, he's being punished for it and because of what it is and how it's been treated uh, by Brentford uh, by obviously some of the media um, it was you know a case of he's not directly breaking what is you know for example you you throw your own games that that type of stuff of course that you you've got a an actual i guess application to the result things like this but listen what what's happened has happened but with him i thought brentford especially how they've treated it i thought it was it was excellent because what they did is they looked at the situation they've very much made a decision they've stuck to what they thought they've supported him through through it as well and then as a result, um, you know, he's come back and, and contributes. And the big thing is Ivan Tony learns from his mistakes because they have, they are mistakes. And he, of course, he shouldn't have been doing what he, sh- uh, what he was doing. And he learns from those mistakes. I'm sure he will. And the other thing is Brentford also now have a top, top player uh, back with them. But I thought sometimes when you, when you're a fan, you're, you're as, you know, as Forrest going there, Sometimes that's nice. You almost like have this little distraction. That's why I thought I was quite positive that Forrest would go there and and actually beat them because they Brentford have been struggling this year. And I thought, okay, with with all the sideshow going on, I think Forrest maybe will will go and upset them there um, at Brentford. But listen, it wasn't the case. But at the yeah. same time, you know, it's these things. Uh, I didn't have any argument though with with what happened because I would have probably done the same. You know, with 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 the goals, with Mape and his goal. I thought it was a legitimate goal because you want to see the game be the game. You know, not VAR having to control everything. Uh, the fact that Tony moved the ball to the side a little bit, I would have probably done the same. Playing for Forest, I would have probably done the same. I probably did do in, in lots of games. <laughs> it just didn't go in and was wasn't highlighted. Uh, but it's but only because it's part of the game, you know. Because you know you're supposed to shift to what's happening in front of you. So I didn't have any issues with that. Um, I just thought. Um, you know, Forrest could have done a little bit better as well to win the game. Do you think that was yeah. him being clever, Robbie? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I've got no issue yeah. with it because when you bring it, the football is about the the intelligence too, and that's the key that makes the top players have it. They shift things. They 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 analyze what's happening. They tweak the rules. All managers also the same. They'll tweak the rules a little bit. You know, they'll shift the ball. You know, two two yards to the left or the right. Uh, that's part of the part of the game as well, and um, that's why I've got no issue with it because it's always been there. That's no different to twenty years ago, fifty years ago. That was that's just part of the game, and uh, it's, it's in high level intelligence. Um, but it's just a shame it was against Forest. Uh, reports came out yesterday afternoon, actually, into the evening that Forest submitted uh, another written complaint to the PGMO Allen Premier League saying about the rules and whether VAR could have intervened. Um, Sarah, the rules are very complex. Tony yeah. says you can move it a yard. Um, whether that includes moving the phone, because you can see in the video he kind of picks up and, and, and actually moves the, the referee's magic phone. Um, whereas Nuno says it's all um, displacements. It's a difficult one, isn't it? 
if if that would yeah. have happened for Forrest and it was a Forest player doing it, let's say Gibbs White took a free kick and he did it, we'd be kind of living it up and, and, and enjoying it. But when you're on the opposing side of it, you really, really don't want it, do you, at all? Yeah, it's frustrating. And um, I can see why Nuno was really annoyed by it. Um, I think he was right in that Forrest, and, and as Robbie mentioned, Forrest had to be a bit more switched on to it. The players had to keep an eye on what he was doing. And if they saw it, and it appears they didn't, they needed to raise it with the referee and point out, hang on a minute, look what he's just done. Um, that didn't happen. I still think the wall needed to be set up better, yet you can argue that it was set up for where the free kick was originally supposed to be taken. But when you're defending that kind of situation, you have to be alert to all, all possibilities. And that includes the person taking the free kick, moving the ball. You have to be switched on. You have to be looking around and aware of what's happening. And then if that does happen, the wall needed to move to take that into account. So I think Forest can be frustrated and they've got every right to be frustrated, but it's also a little bit on the players to take that on board and, and be alert and aware to it. Um, and that's what they, they didn't quite do. And giving away the free kick in the first place, I think, was was a little bit clumsy. Um, but Mangala giving it away, I, I think he, he, he didn't particularly need to in that position. Having been on the receiving end of it last season, seeing what Tony can do, Forrest were well aware. And you can see Ryan Yates telling Matt Turner, look, he's going to try to get the ball around the wall. Are we in the right place? It needed to be, the onus needed to be on Forrest to be able to defend it then. Um, and uh, what Tony did is so frustrating. But I think Forrest had to be aware and alert to it as well. I've been in that position um, and I saw Yates is, is kind of shouting. Uh, I, I yeah. think Turner, he was shouting at and, and saying, you know, what's happening? Are we good? Are we? Because I've been in that position where um normally you have you know you do the set pieces but you will have one person in the wall that is the conductor of everything he's the communicator to the goalkeeper and based on what's happening in front of you the goalkeeper tells that guy move left move right and then he shifts everybody else so what yates and i've because i've been in that position as mm. as the you know the conductor of the wall so to say um what yates is trying to do is okay communicate that goalkeeper are we are we good he's moved the ball are we still good are we all are we okay are we all right this is this position that we're supposed to be in and then after that the goalkeeper says yes and then you're, you're good to go the, the 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 free kick gets taken so the frustration was turner didn't switch on to what was happening in front of him um and it, that lapse of comp uh, concentration is the difference because he moves the ball. Yates is telling him, hey, come on, like, have a little look. Are, are we good? He must have said yes because he turns around and, and they're good to go and he takes the free kick. Yeah. But the, the detail in that is the detail of winning a game or not. You know, a goal goes in and you're obviously just conceded a goal based on literally that little bit of communication and that little bit of intelligence and that's the key and I, because i've been in that position i wouldn't if i'm yates i would have i would have been hey we're moving i would have i would have moved it and taken the responsibility myself um i he's got to trust his goalkeeper but that little bit there shows you 
the the next level that they need to get to as Forest because that's that's the thing that happens is the goalkeeper the the war what's happening those are the little details that you know you lose three two or you're maybe two one up it, it, it that's that's the kind of difference so it was a real lapse in concentration and maybe a lot of people might have missed it, but that's the detail that goes into it. There's a lot of criticism, Robbie, towards Matt Turner at, at, at the moment, and, and in, flat, in fact, um, Vladimir as well, of course, Forrest's second choice keeper, uh, as you like, that, that that was brought in. Um, how, how difficult is it when a team doesn't have faith in their goalkeeper? I mean, can you ever remember when you were playing, uh, you know, being in a team that really didn't have that faith in, in a keeper and, I know you're kind of at the other end of the pitch, but surely for the defensive line, you have to have that trust in between the defence and, and the goalkeeper. And if you don't have that, then then that's where goals will really come from. It's difficult because the best situation is um, pure trust from the goalkeeper. He's a communicator. All the fundamentals that are needed from your goalkeeper to the defence. The defence is the attachment to the goalkeeper because you're all working together to not concede goals. So sometimes that's difficult and sometimes that takes a little bit of time. But in the end, that trust is the key. You know, knowing that when they go through, he's nine times out of ten or, or at least most of the time, he's going to he's gonna save us. The, the little mistakes that we do of conceding goals, that's not going to happen. So that's what you want to feel in inside the game. Listen, that of course, that's not happening uh, fully because Forrest have also conceded a few goals. So listen, but uh, regarding Turner, I like him actually. I mean, he, I, I think he's a very, very good goalkeeper. I think at times just watching, listen, he struggles with his feet, especially he's made a few mistakes over the, you know, over the course of the season. A uh, few goals directly conceded from some of his, um, his passes out. Uh, but that's a decision making. The the only thing as a good goalkeeper you want to do is you want to eradicate that and and going forward you don't do that again. Now there's been probably one or two too many this this season, absolutely. But I like Turner as a goalkeeper. I think uh, uh, there's been moments where he's actually saved uh, saved shots where they're great saves and they're great saves based on you know he helps the team hang on to something and. You know the team can then go and win a game, for example. So he's he's also got uh, some great things right as well during the season. But he's he's a goal, good goalkeeper. We'll judge him based on the end of the season and, and and him having a season and say, okay, where is he at right now? Do we need to, you know, do we need to go up a level? Do we need to replace him or whatever it is? Um, I think over a course of time. But he's a good goalkeeper. Sarah, despite all the kind of reports coming out about this net zero spend in January, can you see Forrest not going and getting another keeper? They've already spent twenty million plus on on Turner and Vlakadimos. So, can you see Forrest actually going and getting another keeper, or do you think we're we're really going to stick with these two? No, I mean the information we were getting um, last week was that a, a goalkeeper was not another goalkeeper was not going to be um, on the shopping list this month. Um, I don't think that will have changed after Saturday because there are other areas that need strengthening and, and that are more of a priority than getting in a goalkeeper. Having brought in two permanent ones last summer, I think it, to then go out and get another one in January, you, you can't keep doing that every time a goalkeeper makes a mistake or a few mistakes, you can't say, oh, right, we'll go get another one now. We'll go get another one now. At some point, you have to stick with somebody. Um, and Nuno likes Matt Turner. I think he recognises, as we've said, that with the ball at his feet, he, he is a bit 
vulnerable. Um, the way around that is not to give it to his feet, to, to play out in a different way, to not put him in that kind of situation, to not put him under that kind of pressure. As a shot stopper, as Robbie said, I think he's really good. He's made some really good saves. I actually thought he, he did all right, other than the setting up of the wall on Saturday. Um, the other two goals, I'm not sure he could have done a great deal about. I think you have to look defensively at those two. Um, I think his mentality is really good as well. Whenever he does make a mistake, he puts it behind him. He forgets about it and he gets on with it. The key is learning from it, making sure that it doesn't happen again or working on those areas and, and trying to improve. But I think Forrest have a tight budget this month. They have other areas that need strengthening. Bringing another goalkeeper in, I think, is just not... It, it, wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be something they look at if they can avoid it. Robbie, I wanted to touch on on not really the negatives as such, but maybe defensive problems that that, that Forrest seem to be finding them um, themselves in. And, and you look at the Brentford game, and Danilo opens the scoring, and then straight down the other end, Tony, uh, you know, gets that free kick and scores. Do you often think it's a mentality thing, Robbie, in in terms of players when when you score a goal, how difficult it is actually to hold on to that to that lead, um, or is that over talked about in modern day football about it being a mentality thing, and, and was it just the case often of of another team having having that quality and it being quite an end to end game? Well, listen, it was it's definitely an end to end game, but it is a mentality thing. So I think that is right because um, you know. When you're in that position, you've just scored a goal. What happens is there's that, in, you know, just joy and excitement and you've scored a goal, you're, you know, you're one nil up. And what happens is you, you just kind of, there's an, that enjoyment gives you a little bit of relaxation and you lose yourself. You, you literally do lose yourself for, for a couple of minutes there uh, while you're celebrating and everything and everything goes out the window. And once you kind of go back to, to, to kick off, that is then when you're most vulnerable. The reason is because you, you, you've just kind of lost yourself a little bit. Your concentration's gone. You're focused on, you just, your team's just scored a goal. And what you need to do is then just control the game, control the opposition, whether, and it's different ways, whether it's the bit of possession, whether you're, you're just, you pressure them a little bit more and steal the ball back and you don't get let them get into rhythm and put the ball into your um into your final third um so it's those little things and listen it is mentality because you can control a big big element of those things and that's why people say that that you know those things affect whether you go then directly and concede because the ones who are really really vulnerable and completely switch off is there's two or three mistakes that happen the ball's in your own uh, your own box. Bang, score scored a goal, and that's what normally happens is when they really switch off like that. And whether it's you concede a silly free kick where it was unavoid, you know, is avoidable. Those things happen, and you know that's what happens. And it is a mentality thing, and you can do something about it. Sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say, "Do you know what? That was just a great, great goal." And you'll take that as a player, as a professional. You'll take that and you'll be like, do you know what? That was just brilliant. You you can handle that. But when the analysis, for example, Monday morning, you go and you watch the video, what could we have done better is, wow, I could have tackled him. I could have pressured him here. You could have been across here. Ah, that's a silly free kick to uh, to, to concede. And, you know, what, what, what could we have done here? 
we could have done this we could have done when there's like five six seven eight things that lots of people could have done those are avoidable that's the the difference and that's why it is a mentality thing because the sooner you do that in inside the game in the moment the better you are as, as a team it's a really interesting point and, and sarah do you think that forest's Nuno comes in to steady the ship in a way and then you're hit with all this FFP charges. Mm. Is it a concern given that Forrest probably will need to pick up a lot of points depending on this points deduction, this possible points deduction we keep talking about? Is it a real concern when you're constantly dropping points from winning positions? I'd love to know the start. I don't have it to hand, but we always talked about it during Cooper's tenure mm. and it still seems to be happening now under a new manager. The situation that Forrester are in at the minute every point is going to be really important and um, particularly because it might get to the end of the season and there's still no clarity that's the the really worrying thing that Forrest could finish the season think they're safe but then the points come afterwards hopefully it doesn't get to that hopefully it all gets sorted before because I think that's the certainly the best um, position to be in to know what you need to do um, like Everton did with their first charge they knew they had that deduction they went out and they were galvanised by it and it, it really fired them up more than anything. Um, obviously, they've got another charge now to deal with. But I think Forrest know that they need to pick up results. Generally, I think it's been a positive start to, to Nuno's um, tenure. Forrest look more organised. I think they look... Um, they looked good going forward on Saturday. They looked like they were a threat. They looked like they're going to score goals. Um it is at the back that they still need to tighten up. But I think he's had an impact already, Nuno. He's he's worked quickly. Um, he's still got to get his ideas across. He's still working on that. He's still working on properly getting to know his team and his players. And obviously, he'll hope that there's a few come in this month as well. Not many, but a few to strengthen this squad. Forrest will... <laughs> It's easy to overlook, but Forrest were really under strength on Saturday. They were missing a lot of players, 11 players missing, and big players as well. You look at the bench and Nuno had to bring in some of the, the young players to make it up. To go there and nearly get a result, I think, is a huge positive, given the situation they're in and the players they were without. I think they've got to take a lot of encouragement from that. And Generally, the performances have been good. Um, I mean, it, it seems like a long time ago now, but the wins against Man United and Newcastle. I know Saturday was the first Premier League game of the year, but I think there's a lot to be encouraged by. It's just about getting more points on the board. And um, the Forest will go into the upcoming Premier League games after this FA Cup one. Hopefully feeling pretty positive, I think. They should do anyway. Robbie, just as, as Sarah touched on there, that's 11 players out. Um, I think six six for AFCON or, or seven. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. Six. And, and six. And, mm. and the positives are that, that Forrest are without kind of three key players in their final third. Morgan Gibbs-White, Alanga, and ultimately Taiwo Awani up front. You know, Forrest score two away from home, Robbie. That's surely a big positive, given that you're without so many key players in 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 that crucial area in the pitch yeah exactly and and last time i was on here i was saying about you know i would like to see gibbs white especially get more goals i know he gets a few assists here and there um but i think he's a talented player that i would like to see more great goal against um man united um brilliant brilliant goal and i, I think him missing is key because I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna improve even better against uh, with Nuno in charge. 
Elanga, I think he's been really brilliant, just brilliant. I think his energy, the way he's got quality, he's added goals and he can, he can assist. He's he's just got this extra level of Premier League quality that um, Forrest need. And uh, listen, Awonyi um, is a quality player. He's, he's a key goal scorer. You've got three players that will be pushing to start when they are f- fully fit. And still, you've got some big wins over the last few weeks. So that is a real positive for Forrest. Real, real positive for Forrest. The, I think the worry more of anything is, is maybe not the kind of the players that are coming back. I think uh, for Nuno, especially, it's a new job, new players. He's learning about his players, a few pe- people missing. But I think it's go- also going to be, regarding this FFP as well, is how can they recoup some money? Because there's been a lot of signings, um, so, so many signings. It's the reason they're in this position in the first place. And it, I think the key is which players will actually exit the door. Um, yes, there might be one or two that may be coming. May, I think they'll probably look at loans. I think the wise thing is to look at loans rather than signings for this window. But the key thing for Forrest over the next you know couple of weeks is who's going to be going out because they do need to, you know, get some money back because they are in danger. And the only way is to look at the situation that they're in is, you know, can they bring some money back in to really help the situation? Yeah. And, and heavily linked to, to be leaving the club is Oral Mangala. Robbie, what do you make of Mangala? Because Sarah mentions they had a really, really good performance against Brentford. He's a player that's very creative at time, but there's rumours that, that he'll be a player that will exit the door. Is that something that Forrest will have to do? Will be to sacrifice those, I wouldn't say the, the, the first team additions such as Gibbs White and, and, and Alanga, those really key players, but they'll have to kind of, um, ship out those those players that might not be playing every game and, and really have that quality but but it's just one of those things what will have to happen is upstairs in in the financial meetings they're gonna have to sit down and say what's the best thing for nottingham forest not the player not uh who's in the squad and 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 that situation is what's the best thing for nottingham forest what situation is listen we don't know the exact details that's the worry is the ffp and the financial rules the club knows and and the finance guys upstairs will know okay this is how far off the the deadline and the actual figures we're supposed to hit this is how far off we are based on what the Premier League charges have said, of course, because yeah. maybe Forrest are saying, actually, we are in, we are within the, the actual figures. So this is, I guess, what they'll have to deal with. But at the same time, Forrest have signed um, a lot of players over the last um, 18 months. So whichever way you look at it, it's too many players. And whichever way you look at it, it's been a lot of outgoings and not enough in- incomings in in finance and um as, as in you know money players going out and you get good money for the club so the best thing for Forrest to look at is what is the best thing for Nottingham Forest financially is Mangala going out how much is that going to bring us is somebody going to pay a a great figure that we have to say yes to and that helps Nottingham Forest if that's the case then you sell him and, and I think that's how you kind of got to look at it. And that's how I would look at it anyway. I would be, you know, is this a great, great offer? We can't turn it down. Uh, it helps Nottingham Forest. 
maybe you go and get a quality young player for half the price and you keep the rest for Nottingham Forest. These are the business things that I would look at. But if that's the case, it helps Nottingham Forest, then Mangala goes. But ideally, I think he's a quality player. I've really enjoyed since Nuno's come in. I I feel like he looks different. He plays different. He looks a bit more confident. He looks a little bit more calm as well. You know, wants the ball. So he is a quality player. There's a reason why people want him. But he's better with Nottingham Forest. But uh, listen, they're going to have to make a big, big decision if there is that real critical interest that there is actual offers on the table. They will definitely have to look at that. Yeah, for sure. And Sarah, I suppose we kind of forget that we're in this January transfer window at the minute, given the state of of, of the whole um, financial fair play and, and and the charges that that Forest possibly face. How can you see this month panning out in terms of off the pitch and signings and whether there will be any and outgoings and everything like that, or, or do you really think it will be net zero? Maybe few people will leave the door, but but really nobody coming into the football club. There's not long left of the window. That's that's the first thing to say. It's yeah. little more than a week to go, so it's going to have to, um, yeah, probably be a little bit busier end than maybe the start. There won't be a lot of signings. It's only going to be a, a few, a few key additions. Um, the focus is really on making sure they're the right ones and that good deals are done. Um, yeah, the the aim is this net zero, or even to make a little bit of a profit. That's the target, really. That Forest end the month having made a little bit more than what they've spent um that's the ideal if it's if it's less than that if it's net zero then i think they'll take that as well but they ideally want to finish it in profit um so that's going to mean a few players leaving i think they recognize that the players that would make a lot of money are murillo and morgan gibbs white but you don't want to lose those two because that would have a detrimental effect of, on results on the pitch. So then you're looking at other players that that might make a little bit of money or that you could get something for. Mangala is one um, because he has been doing really well because there is interest in him um, and because he's, he's at that age where he's still got a good few years left in him, but he's already a really good player. And that's where difficult decisions come in. Um, and particularly at the minute, because with the absences, with the players that are away at AFCON, there isn't a lot of strength in depth. So it's a really fine line to tread between offloading some players like that and not leaving yourself short. Um, that's a, a balance that Forrest are really going to have to be quite careful about. There's other areas if you look at like the likes of Ethan Horvath, who are not in the 25-man squad. If an offer comes in for him, Forrest will let him go. Um, he's out of contract in, in the summer, so they won't get a lot of money for him if, if it does comes to that but so there's a few players who you can you can say are likely to leave and then there's, there's others where it's it's maybe a little bit dependent on players coming back from injury when players return from AFCON um, and how that fits into the window but as I said time is is running out so it's a case of making sure the deal's done uh, are good ones that the money is spent wisely Nuno has talked about being really careful and cautious and He's kind of said, you don't always get what you want. So I think he's aware that what he would like to do, the players for us would like, may not happen if the deals are not right and if it um, it doesn't kind of fit into the spending frame that they want. Um, it's going to be an interesting end to the window for sure. I think we're going to see quite a few exits and certainly more exits than um, players coming in. 
as as a player, how difficult, I suppose, is the transfer window? You've got new faces coming through the door you've got to work with. You might be possibly leaving as as a player or or someone's coming in to replace you. How how difficult actually is the January window off the pitch for players? It is difficult because what happens is, um, you know, there's a little bit of players unsettled. For example, you're, you know, for example, you're coming into training every day. You know, there's probably five or six players generally, five or six players within the squad uh, that are whether they're unhappy, they need, uh, or whether they're happy, and they just want to play football. Um, they, they, or the ones that are, they're happy. They're not even thinking about it or there's offers coming from, and now they are having to think, okay, well, is the best thing for me to be here is the best thing for me to go, uh, because something that they weren't thinking about is actually, you know, on the table now. So there's all of, sometimes there's all of these different discussions and the, the players to the manager discussions of you know, what the manager wants, because maybe the manager uh, is looking at, you know, players that, um, you know, maybe can can go, you know, I'm sure those discussions uh, happen. So there's players that um, get unsettled because the manager said to them, hey, you know, we have got these offers. I, you know, I think you should look at it. Sometimes that's the signal of, you know, we're okay if you go. And now you kind of feel like, oh, maybe they, you know, they don't want me and maybe I should look at it. But at the, still at the same time, nothing is happening urgently. So you're still training every day. You're still around the group. You still might be even involved and coming on and playing. So some of the, sometimes these situations happen. So it is unsettling in that way for, for, for some players. But I think the, the good thing about Forrest, especially the last kind of couple of weeks is I don't see too much of that and the, with 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 players and their attitude how they they apply themselves i think they you see a nice togetherness about the group as well you you're not really seeing that sometimes i look at teams and it's very obvious and and i see ah okay right you can see the unhappy ones you can see the disruption and sometimes it affects the group because you know going into a game there's unhappiness within the group sometimes it takes away from the environment the preparation and um you know sometimes there's a few arguments as well with you know with the coach you know the player wants to stay the player wants him to go uh those things happen i was i was not too much in the situations where i was um i was in a situation of like the you know i was i was i was you know pretty much wanting to go or or gonna go i was in a couple of situations where it is january and for example uh when i was at cardiff the second time uh 2012 uh, 2013 um sorry 2012 january uh, transfer window i was in a situation where i wasn't playing and i pretty much said listen i i i want to go um uh and I was in a situation where I knew there was one or teams interested. Um, there was discussions with the club, but it was also finding what I, where I wanted to go. So in that way, it's it, it it's a little bit disruptive because in the end, you players I think generally want to sign for a football club and see out their contract at that football club. Um, there's only some things that happen along the way managers players different situations that come along that players then really want to leave us i think especially in the january transfer window but 
most of the time it's about the minutes played i think that's the that's the key thing minutes played i've been in a couple of situations where i've seen you know within a dressing room and even at, at forest when i was at forest um you know players in the uh, january transfer window um looking to leave and having those discussions and you see the discussions and sometimes they're on the training pitch um, and you know what the discussions is about and sometimes you know listen you you're professional because they, they don't affect the, the squad in a sense as it's a giant giant negative thing unless it's a big big bust up but most of the time you try and stay professional you try and stay yes i know there's you know a little bit of uncertainty this player that player um but let's get on with our training let's get on with our preparation for this game um but it is there that's the thing it is there and it is a factor to manage and it is kind of it gets a little bit difficult for managers i i know for sure because they're trying to manage the outside stuff and the players that are inside the dressing room to get the results or the preparation for the Saturday game or whenever the game the, the game is and then trying to put that into training uh, but you have to have all of these difficult conversations going on pretty much daily and that transfer window in January pretty much brings weekly discussions like this every single week so it, it's hard to manage also so but it is listen at the end of the day it, it's it's something that is difficult but it's manageable also if you do it the, uh, the right way. I, I also wanted to get your thoughts, Robbie, on the whole FFP situation. And as a player, and, and when you, you were at Forest, it was probably never easy sometimes off the pitch. You had Billy Davis and then there was kind of doubts over um, the ownership. And then you had Nigel Doughty and then kind of Fowers came in, but, but you departed at that time. It always seems like Nottingham Forest are involved in some sort of controversy off the pitch. How, how, as a player, does that affect you? I mean, often managers will come out and, and Nuno's done a brilliant job and I'm, I'm sure uh, Sarah will, will shed more light on his press conferences. But he's come out and he said, look, you know, our, 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 our job is the football. But ultimately, it, it must really affect the players on the pitch sometimes, the noise off it. I think the, the key thing is the manager himself. And I've listened to uh, Mr. Santo and, and how he's approached. He's approached the last week really trying to push the noise away and his idea has been we're going to focus on the football and he's trying to really distance the players and him from the situation of that ffp the financial fair play and and you know what's going to happen is the deductions is there does that mean rele relegation all of those all of that talk coming inside the dressing room and I think he's handled that very very well and the last week or so he's been very very clear and direct with his management style and I think that's the key is that you manage the situation based on how much it affects the players and I think it's not affecting the players too much to be honest with you because I think the way he's handling uh, handling the the media side of it and the talk and what's going to happen He's uh, putting a you know a, a bridge uh, and a door and uh, something to to have a block in the way of like listen I know what goes on in this situation if I allow too much to come into the dressing room it will negatively affect some of the players and the and the what goes on on the pitch but he's been very clear and direct to say listen I'm 
you know, we're here for the football. We're, we're going to concentrate on, on, on the training pitch. We're going to concentrate on the games. Um, we'll see what happens with that situation, but there's a, been a clear barrier put in place. That's really, really good management. And I liked that he did that because listen, at the end of the day, a lot of it, once you go out on the training pitch and once you go out on the pitch, a lot of that goes out the window. You know the situation that you're in and you know, oh, maybe there's a little bit extra because we're playing, you know, one of the bottom four or five teams. But that's going to happen anyway. But you are, you're aware of the situation. But once you go out on the football pitch, that kind of goes out a little bit. You're not thinking about financial fair play when you're taking a corner kick or when you're trying to take a chance. You're not really thinking those things. You're thinking... I, I want to be effective here. I want to do my job based on what's happening. But I think the key is uh, Mr. Santos saying, let's let's park that aside. Let the finance guys, let the ownership, let the people directly involved with that start to deal with that more. And let's push it into that area, that department of the football club. And let's really, really get zoned in on the football here. And I think that's a real, real key, really good management with that. We'll see. I think what is a bit of a mess is I said this on Wednesday is what's going to happen is these rules might have to go until after the end of the season. Mm. Well, okay. What's so what's going to happen inside the season? You will maybe say, for example, as a, as a situation, Forest are five or six points off relegation. They've stayed up. Everything's great. Right. And yeah, great. We can start building for next season. Brilliant. I think every Forest fan, if Forest are in the Premier League at the end of the season, will be happy. I'll be happy. Um, but in that situation, now maybe the appeals, you've been deducted points. There's an appeal. You now go into after the end of the season to find out the result, the real, real result of it. That's a bit of a mess. It's not very clear from the Premier League, from the sanctions that, um, you know, the, the people that are making the decisions. So it's not very clear with that in the deadlines and when it is, because what it should be is, listen, it either should be next season or it should be in the season now. And you, this is the decision. This is when we're going to do it. And whether appeals, the decision, final decision have to be held at least a month before the, the, the end of the season. And what the, your situation is, you're going into the last month of the season and it, th you know exactly the situation that you're in, that everybody else also knows the situation that they're in. And then it's fair play, you know, and keep that fair play. You've got the last month of the season, you've been deducted five, six points, whatever it is, or two points, doesn't matter. But you know the situation. Everybody else in the Premier League knows the situations and go play the f and let the football do the talking. You get enough points to stay up. Brilliant. Well done to you. You stayed up. You got enough points. You didn't, then you didn't. But at least going into the final part of the season, the the last month or so, six weeks, you know that situation. I think that's a much fairer way to do it rather than we might end up in a situation where going into after the end of the season, we know the relegation, but we don't know really because the Premier League will make other decisions, deduct points after the end of the season. That could be the case. That, that is a disaster for the Premier League if that happens. Yep. <laughs>
It is. It's well said, Robbie. I think you echo the the thoughts of, of me, certainly, and, and lots of other Forest fans. Sarah, just finally then, to wrap up, we enter this end of January, Arsenal coming up in the league, then some other huge Premier League games. You've got Bristol City Friday night. This has been a good start for Nuno, and what I like is that he's he, he's given the chance to, I think you mentioned him earlier, Andrew um, Omabaladeli, and then Brandon Aguilera is featured on the bench a few times as well. I think there's a lot to be positive about. I went on Twitter on, on Saturday night on, on my way back from the game and I wanted to turn it off instantly um, cause, because it was very negative and, and albeit we have to be realistic and, and of course there was defensive errors and, and certain things that cost Forrest the game. But I, I think this has been a good start to Nuno's time and tenure and for sure it's much better in terms of the football and, and there's much better signs than, than towards the, the latter stage of, um, of Cooper's end. I think it's been really encouraging. I think there's a lot to be positive about. There's areas to work on, for sure. Um, and Nuno is well aware of that. The players are well aware of that. I don't think anybody is getting carried away with themselves. Um, Saturday was good, despite the result. Not great. It was good. Um, there was a lot to build on, a lot to work on. Um, Nuno has made a difference since he came in. He's I mentioned it before, but he's got Forest more organised. They do look more, uh, they do look better as a unit. The, the press was really good on Saturday, I thought. And it's a case of having things to develop and build on. Um, but also, uh, he's getting the best out of players like Chris Wood, like Nicholas Dominguez, um, players that can really make an impact on the pitch. Morgan Gibbs White, Anthony Alanga, he's, he's getting a lot out of them, um, getting goals out of them, getting assists, getting impacts in games so I think he's got I think he's made a really good start there's still a long way to go there's still a lot to do there's still a lot to develop but he's put building blocks in place and that's the main thing that there's things there to work on there's things there to improve on but there's already been a decent points return from the first few games that he's had and you look at the games coming up and think well maybe previously you'd go into them thinking, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Now, Forrest can go into games and think, we've got a chance. We've got a chance of getting something. Um, and that's been a, a huge positive. Right, I think that does us nicely. Um, as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, remember to drop us a like and uh, share on YouTube. Uh, subscribe and follow across Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if you've enjoyed it. We will, I'll be back on Wednesday for a special episode, Nuno's to-do list as such. Uh, and Sarah, you might be back as well for a preview for Bristol City. Um, so we might see you then as well. But as ever, have a great rest of your week and we will see you next time on Garibaldi Red. Take care.